Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Click the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is your town. This is your station. This is Waitley. The Australian men's test team has been subjected to a level of flagellation that I, I can rarely recall after the disaster of Delhi. There is a most intriguing test match unfolding in Wellington where New Zealand was asked to follow on by England. Now four for 275, so a lead of 49. They're going to set England a fascinating fourth innings chase. And we revel in the deeds and acknowledge the accomplishments of Australia's women's cricket team. Clearly the best national team that Australia has, and it's been pondered internationally whether there's ever been a team quite so dominant as this in any sport through time. Their latest triumph came in the dead of night in Newlands in the T20 World Cup final. And the legend that is this Australian cricket team creates yet another awe-inspiring chapter in cricketing folklore through a clinical display here at Newlands. It is their second hat-trick of T20 World Cup trophies. It is their sixth T20 World Cup trophy, their 13th title across this format and 50 overs combined. And it's an understatement to say they are the very best. It's a pretty special effort from the group. Uh, you know, all the teams came really hard at us. We, we knew that was going to happen. But to be able to perform so well throughout the tournament, super proud. Classic tournament. Had to wriggle through a semi-final, which at one stage looked lost against India. And their opponent played a big hand in their own demise there and then quite dominant in the final against the host nation. So it's a great point to step off with the experience and wisdom of Robert Craddock. Hello to you, Crash. G'day, Jared. Welcome back. It's, uh, I feel as if I've been following your travails across <laughs> the world. Good on you. But, uh, yeah, the women are quite something, aren't they? And do you know what, Jared, too? It's the bigger picture. It's not this World Cup victory alone. It's 27 series unbeaten, I think, in a row. And, um, you know, Australia were in on the ground floor of women's cricket, weren't they? And that was one thing James Sutherland did when he was chief executive. He said, we've got to invest in the women. And I, I feel they stole a march that the world has never really caught up. That, that's absolutely true. So some of it is systemic and the, the, the um, intuitive and insightful decisions that were made ahead of time to invest in the game and how that has reverberated through a generation and left every other nation to play catch-up. This is what's required. And this is the benefit if you do it. And then there's the individual players. It's such a stacked team, isn't it? Iconic figures, Meg Lanning, Elisa Healy and Elise Perry. But they're not the central players anymore. It's Beth Mooney in big finals. It's Ash Gardner, player of the tournament. It's Jess Jonathan in, in her 100th. T20. So this era will be defined by the three giants, but the evolution of this team leads to the the level of excellence that has been sustained. Yeah, and, and look, I guess we cast our mind back to great teams to compare them. And I remember when Australia went through, had that incredible run where they won two World Cups, 50 overs, undefeated, didn't they, in a row? South Africa, 203, the West Indies, 207. And it was a similar sort of vibe where if if Simons didn't get you, Gilchrist didn't yeah. get you. If it wasn't Gilchrist, it'd be Hayden. If it wasn't Hayden, it was Mark War. If it wasn't Mark War, it was, uh, you know, Warnell. But they were just everywhere and incredible. And I just think it's... It's a lovely crossover of generations now. You're seeing girls 
uh, playing with their heroes who inspired them. And uh, it's, um, I have to say this, though. I'm watching India so closely. You know, with the Indian Premier League auction now, they will go through the roof just as they have done in men's cricket. Sure, Australia pipped them in the semi-final. Had to work hard to do it. But uh, they, the money has to talk. It swears in cricket. And yes. it will indeed with, with the women. And I must say, quite a few of the Australian uh, stars went for bargain basement buys in the Women's Indian Premier League. I mean, Elisa Healy, 120000 I think, and Meg Lanning, not much more. I mean, wow, you know, they were, they were great buys. The BBC has pondered in the aftermath of this victory crash, has there ever been a more dominant team in world sport? So, so it was an idea that was given voice here across the weekend, but it is interesting to see that that's part of an international conversation now. Yeah, it is. And they remind me a, a little bit and always have of the All Blacks um, in that, yeah, they, they don't win every game, but they're the powerhouse, the standard setter. And just the sight of them is intimidating, you know? I mean, uh, pretty much scandal-free too, like the All Blacks. And, and, and it just, just got that, uh, that sort of commanding aura where you just know they're going to find a way out of tight corners, which great teams do. I go back through Australian history, Jared. I can't find a team, can you? I mean, we talk about Bradman's Invincibles, but that was one tour of England in 1948 when I know I always felt they were overrated because England was war-ravaged at the time. And Bill Brown used to say they were on rations when they got there. He said, how can you possibly glorify us? You know, so, you know, they, uh, they're the standouts. Yeah, they are. And, that, and the, the next level of achievement. I don't want to leave it without just acknowledging that, that Beth Mooney's record in these big finals. So this is where reputations are, are won. So she's gone the four tournaments. So MCG T20 World Cup final, 78 not out. One day World Cup final, 62. Commonwealth Games gold medal match, 61. T20 World Cup final at, uh, in South Africa, 74 not out. Like, like you talk about um, sharpening your reputation in the moments that matter most. And, it, and it's Mooney who's led the way. Yeah, she's so cool. And, and, and on and off the field, just, just a real cool, steady performer and... Uh, you know, I saw even at uh, she was one of the higher Australians at the IPL auction, three hundred and sixty thousand, I think she got, and, and that is money well spent because just a just a commanding figure, Beth, and has been for for you know nearly a decade now, and uh, I, I I just feel that um, I, I love what they're doing for women's cricket though. I'm seeing in, you've only got to go out to the suburbs, and I'm seeing young girls playing it now, which you wouldn't see ten years ago, and. The, you talk to Elise Perry and their heroes were, 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 you know, tend to be the guys like Ricky Ponting or, or you know, Matthew Hayden or so many of them admired Warney. But now it's the girls that are the posters on the wall. And that, that's a breakthrough for the sport. It really is. Okay, so the contrasting fortunes of the men crash. I was desperate to text you from Delhi, but I couldn't pick the phone up. Is it, it was all <laughs> happening so quickly, I just couldn't get a message <laughs> off to you. And then it was all done and we're in the bar like everybody drowning our sorrows. Um, part of me wants to play devil's advocate a little bit here. So let, let's see how we go. The first thing to say is I can't recall a flagellation of the Australian test team quite like they have had since Delhi for, for an on-field result? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I think it was the manner of it, you know. I haven't read too much or heard too much which I thought was out of order. 
Um, you know, it, it, it was an hour of madness, wasn't it? We're, we're sweeping madness. And I think part of it has its, uh, its seeds, Jared, in frustration of knowing it. And I, knew, I think you said this at the time, that they had nine wickets uh, with a lead of 60 at the start of play if they'd have only batted one session with those nine wickets and added 90, you know what? 150 might have won them the game. So it was the fact that they were actually close to something quite special and then threw it away. I think that hurt a lot of people. And, you know, you had Greg Chappell uh, write a column the other day saying, you know, people were so angry and Malcolm Knox said his mum confronted yes. him. <laughs> and oh, I must admit... That's when you know things are happening. Like, in the day after it, I, I went around the place and every time you get a coffee, there'd be three people say, what about these sweep shots, you know? So it, one thing I loved about it, it proved to me that people still care about cricket. If the, if the you know, the, what was there any particular line that stood out to you that you thought that's unfair? Yeah, yeah, and I'm happy to work through those in a tick. Just before I do that, I want to say, so as I was watching that, the one word in... The phrase that you use is they snatched at it. And yep, they yep. they were snatching at that lead in Delhi rather than just building it methodically and trusting that. They were desperate to scramble their way to 180 and see yep. if they could defend it. Well, Jared, I'll tell you this. When Matthew Hayden, some of the boys, went to India in 1998 and they sat down with the likes of Bishan Beatty, they said to him a couple of things. They said, no matter how good you are or bad you are, you have to spend the first 10 minutes of your innings in, in India just getting used to it. Just get your defence set. Don't rush anything. Don't snatch at anything. And, and that's 25 years ago. But I think it still stands up now. And they gave him one other bit of advice. They said, here's two ways to play. Either get right to the pitch of the ball, right out of your crease, or get right away from it and get right back. And I still think that stands up too. But th the sweep shot, they always said, it has to be instinctive. And it is, it, 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 it is instinctive to Alex Carey and it is instinctive to Usman Khawaja, but it's not instinctive to Steve Smith. He he's just barely plays it. And so when you go outside your own flags, that's when trouble beckons. And... Uh, uh, any test cricketer will tell you. I mean, Matthew Hayden spent five years practising the sweep shot before he dominated India with it in 2001. He didn't even play it in the lead-up game. He faced Harbhajan Singh and he said, I'm not going to sweep you, I'm just going to play you straight, play you straight. Then when they got in the first test, he said, cop this sunshine, and he swept him about 20 times, yes, yeah. you know. So, so it was calculation. It was a five-year plan, not a five-minute plan. There was in Delhi. So, yeah, I... I so I, I get it, get the criticism. All right. Uh, so some of the extrapolations, which I just think are too far. So uh, Greg Chappell's wrong. Australia picked the right team for Delhi. This was the pity of what they did on the third morning is there was a whole lot of decisions that were made which rectified the problems from the first test. They were right to play three spinners there. And had they actually taken their catches late on day two and Smith and Renshaw dropped both batters in the eighth innings and the eighth um, wicket stand, uh, they would have had something more to play with. They took four wickets in a chase for 115 and would have done much more with 200 on the board. I think that's wrong. I also think 
I think Michael Vaughan has just drunk on England's success. Now, why wouldn't you? But he's forgotten all his recent history. This idea that Australia aren't producing players is the last batter to come into the team for the Ashes was the man of the series in Travis Head, who's just mm. the most recent example of, of a production line that puts England to the sword routinely. And Ian Healy, bless him, the idea that, that Cummins should be vacating the captaincy soon. I, was, I just think they are all too far, in my view, mm. from uh, there are very legitimate questions and criticisms of this tour, and I think everything has gone wrong since the, the injuries of the Boxing Day test. But I think those extrapolations are wild and borderline nonsensical. Oh, no, I, I, I'm with Michael Vaughan on the production line, not, not coming to a halt, but certainly stuttering. I mean, hey, hang on. Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood and Lyon, they were produced a decade ago. Name me the outstanding bowler produced since, you, you know? Um, and also, I'll give you Manus Labouchain, outstanding world-class batsman, but Travis Head's still proving himself. And I know we say, oh, he was man of the summer. He was dropped two tests ago. So he, he's what, – and what he's saying is, Jared, when you choose your 18-man Ashes party, you will steam your way to 10 players and then you know what? Like me, you'll scratch your chin because positions 11 to 18 are really hard to fill. You'll go, Warner? Oh, maybe. Renshaw? Uh, not sure. Hands came? Oh, well, I sort of – whereas Michael Vaughan's point was this. Darren Lehman's first-class average was 57. Martin Love scored a century and, and he played 25 tests. Martin Love played five tests, averaged 50, scored a century in his last test and never played again. Stuart Law scored a 50 in his only test and never played again. So you haven't got that bank-up of players outside the team. And I think it's got something to do with you don't have the old-fashioned Rod Marsh-style cricket academy where you take Australia's top 15 kids each year and just put them through the, put them through the ringer. And, and it sort of worked, you know. So I, I, I've, I, I actually get Vaughan, you know. I, I do. I, I, I don't mind that at all. So I think... You never have 11 great cricketers at the one time. That that's, Teams no. aren't made of that. But I think, so since the last trip to England, Australia mm. has unearthed Labuschagne. Yep. And he's a, uh, he's a top liner. Yep, best absolutely. Ba best batter in the world. Smith's been a generational talent. Head yep. is, he is the, the Basball model cricketer at five. Australia mm. thinks it's got the, the all-rounder that it has searched for for... 30 years in Cam Green. Long-term, mm. Australia's had the best bowler in the world in Pat Cummins, and Jimmy yep. Anderson's just picked mm. him for that. And Stark and Hazelwood. And then, oh, by the way, when we needed to fill in, Scott Boland came in and made a total mess of England. Mm. Lyon mm. has been a, a long-term excellent spinner, of which Australia yep. has just confirmed that Todd Murphy is his next after that. I think I think one result has just pull, been allowed to mm. pull apart this whole Australian cricket setup which I actually mm. think is in pretty good shape bar settling on who the two openers beyond Warner and Kawaja are going to be. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it keeps Warner in the frame for, for England, you know. Like, it's Warner's uh, future, is, it's quite fascinating because he's going back to India for this one-day series. Now, if he fires up, imagine if he scores, you know, a couple of 80s, 
Well, it could rescue in his career in the same way that... Remember Jeff Marsh? Yeah. Used to rest in his, his test career? Marsh, he'd have a really ordinary test series and the white ball would come out and he'd make 80, 60, 80 and that would save his test career. And, and the other thing is with Warner, I think they may choose as many as four openers for the Tour of uh, England. They're so important. It's the missing link. So is Warner... We know he's fading. We know he's nearly gone. We know Stuart Broad is just drooling over the possibility of arrowing that gap between bat and pad from around the wicket. But is he out of your top four openers? So, ooh, it's a it's a tricky one. Have you got him more out than in, Jared, uh, David Warner, for England right now? Right now, if you had to... Yeah, I, I can't see him opening the ashes. No. So uh, there's a little bit... I sort of feel like you have to revisit where you were. So my view all summer was that Warner should have been carried off on shoulders at the SCG. That should have Mm. been his moment Mm. of retirement. And the 200 at the MCG, which used every... I think in hindsight, we'll all look back and go, um, spiritually and physically, that was every last ounce that he had left in him. So that was my Mm. view in real time, and I'm solidified in that. From here, I can see him opening the batting in the World Test Championship, but I yep. can't see him opening the batting in the Ashes. And they're going to have Terrific. to have yeah. an adult conversation about mm. that. And I'd be mm. disappointed if they weren't... If they, I think they should have been having those conversations for 12 months, and I've said this all the way through. Mm. I hope mm. that they have been. But once he's had a little breather here, they all need to sit down and plan mm. what to do next. Mm. Um, it, it, it's interesting because who have you got then opening with Kawaja? Yeah, so I don't feel that's... I feel this is the whole problem with the discussion as we go, well, who mm. else? No, it just can't be... I, there is just a natural passage mm. of time here that has to be honoured mm. and it can't be Warner because mm. of what happened last time and because mm. of where he is in his career. Yeah. And Australia needs to find the right moments mm. to to see him off. But the right mm. moment is not after the third test when Broad's got yep. him for naught, one, yep. two, naught and naught. Yeah. I, I saw something from... Uh, Broad's just bowling at the moment, but yeah. in the last test, the day-night test against New Zealand, he bowled the first four New Zealand batsmen between yes. bat and pad. And with these gorgeous little hoopers and, and with the lovely little subtle nuanced swing that he does, four of them clean bowled. And I just thought, that's when I thought, wow, he, he he proves you're wrong, this guy, him and Jimmy Anderson. Like, I didn't think they would get to this Ashes series coming up. Get to it. You know, they're both on fire. Anderson's numbers are incredible. Yes. So, and it probably will be their swan song, I, I, I think. It probably will be. Michael Vaughan thinks it will, and, 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 you know, he's well informed. But they're coming with a full head of steam, so they'll be dangerous. So, to me, but you've also, but you can't just say Warner's gone. You've got to say who's in. Um, I don't like Travis Head opening in England. I'm sorry. I still feel he feels for the ball outside off stump. They'll put a second gully in. He's an action performer. It, it'll be boom or bust, wouldn't it? But I, I just reckon I'd have Travis down the order, which leaves you with maybe Renshaw. You know, he was born in England. Um, he's a boyhood friend of Joe Root. You know, they used to play in the field together. Um, he loves England. I think England would bring the best out of him. He's succeeded there. But he just looked, oh, and Jared, you saw it. I mean, he looked like a foreign man in a foreign land in yes, India, didn't he? Yeah. Wow. No, he looked wee. terrible. And, you yeah. know, he obviously can't be picked again in this Indian tour. He's a different commodity on English soil. 
Cam Bancroft is the best opening batter in Australia on these shores at the moment. He's failed in England the last time around. So I, I get that side of it, but you never know what you've got until you try it. And if you just concede by going, oh, I can't figure anything else out, Warner can bat on. Oh, mm. I just think there's a flawed strategy in that. Yeah, look, look, there is. You mentioned Bancroft, who steamed in from nowhere at the 11th hour to pip Joe Burns last time. Yeah. And it went right down to the trial the week before in England, the week before they picked the team. And he could do the same to Renshaw this time. You know, he's the leading run scorer in the Sheffield Shield. But England feel as if they won't be threatened by Cam Bancroft either, yep. you know. Um, but what is what would be a pass mark for him, Jared? Batting an hour for 30? It might just be in the ashes, you know. He's certainly tough and flinty enough for a challenge. So I can't pick it. And, and this is where Vaughan's point about the production line, and it's uh, I enjoyed your argument too, saying, oh, you know, nominate different guys. But, but I get the tone of it, you know, that they're... they're the Australian Ashes team from number 11 to 18 in your squad is very, very hard to pick. And to me, the choices they make will decide the destiny of the Ashes. If they get it right, you know, with the right guys and they can just discover someone at the top of the order, maybe it is Bancroft, maybe it is Renshaw. But if they go for the right guy, he averages even 37. It could tilt the whole series. 40 Wings temper text 0433 98 11 16. You can join in 1300 736 736. The open line for EFS delivering simple freight solutions. New Zealand's counter attack is on. Four for 290. The lead is 64. So asked to follow on by England. New Zealand now lead by 64 with six wickets in hand. The wisdom and experience of Robert Craddock this Monday. We're mining the wisdom and experience of Robert Craddock. We are deep in discussion. Australia's cricket teams, men's and women. Justin's in Coburg on the women's victory last night. Hello to you, Justin. Hey, how are you guys? Very well. Very well, Justin. Uh, now, I uh, just wanted to talk about the Australian women's cricket team. What a victory that was. I mean, I, I didn't get to see the whole game, but I've just seen it on the news. And yeah, what... It was a good victory. Yeah, and the thing is, Justin, they it, it was they they went well, South Africa, didn't they? Home nation dropped their captain, um, a you know just in the days leading up to the tournament because she couldn't do a two-kilometer time trial in nine minutes, I think nine and a half minutes. Uh, so that was they were under siege, lost their first game. They came back, and it was a, Australia had to work for it, didn't it? it, it they're not the, the world is closing in, Justin, isn't it? Like, we're still ahead of the pack. Australia is still winning titles. But they've, they've got to get their gloves off and fight all the way. Justin, thank you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 So, Crash, Daryl Mitchell's just got out uh, in New Zealand. So, five for 297. The lead is 71. A lot rests with Kane Williamson here, who's 55, not out. And the bowlers are tiring, Jerry. Like Broad's 36, Anderson's 40. You can feel things were just giving. And, and, and Daryl Mitchell's dismissal is interesting because in the last test, he sort of farmed the strike a little bit in the second innings. And Ben Stokes apparently said to the players, if you ever bat like Mitchell bat, you're not in my team. Yes. Now, that got out into the media, caused Mitchell chronically embarrassed embarrassment, but he's come out today <laughs> and slapped Basball in England's face. Yes. Like he scored a runner ball half century as if to say, uh, 
Cop that, lads. How's that for selfish batting? <laughs> it's just these little... I love these little uh, battles within battles. Definitely. It, it's, uh, but if England go down here, uh, it will be the eternal curse of the follow-on. Like, people are reluctant to follow on now. They don't like pushing their bowlers through it. You've got an ageing attack. It's probably score, uh, bowled about 140 overs in a row. And they're only five down. They've got to get five more. Wow, and New Zealand will be really fresh when they come on to bowl. So i tell you what, it was a gamble. As everything with Basball is, it's, it's captivating to watch them play. So uh, during this innings, Kane Williamson has become the leading run scorer all time for New Zealand. Uh, I think it was his opening stroke of the day for a boundary took him past Ross Taylor. Yeah, and... and Ross said many years ago that this will just happen. Kane will just steam past me. And he's he's one of the greats of his era, isn't he? Like so many, like Coley himself, his form has faded the last couple of years. You know, uh, as it often does, guys grow up, uh, they get married, have children, different focuses. And uh, it's it can... He's just not quite what he was, but uh, everyone likes him. I mean... He gets on, he's adored around the cricket world. David Warner, he's one of his Warner's favourite players, just for being this unassuming guy who just does his job. Yep, and he'll get the, the plaudits which are due him, I'm sure, as a result of this. And the other aspect of this t- test has been Harry Brooks. So all of cricket's wild about Harry, aren't they? Oh, Jared. I, I, I watched Harry, he's 180 off around about as many balls after... England had been, what, three for 20-odd. It was damn-busting. And the thing that got me was he almost saw the ball so well he seemed to be waiting on it. You know, you see those great batsmen, they seem to know where the ball's going and they set, get themselves into position. He'd take a step outside leg stump, then shape up like a baseballer and said, bang, this one's going over cover. This kid is the talk of world cricket mm. and it's a beautiful thing. And he's not a flash in the pan. He has played this way all his career. He was a former England under-19 captain. He starred in their uh, uh, T20 competition three years ago with an obscene strike rate. So I'm not sure who he first watched. Was it Warner or someone like that? But he is the modern all-format sort of whiz. And uh, I just... The prospect of him facing Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood and the Ashes. Can he pull it off? It's ext- I mean, it's an amazing question, really. I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to grip us right through the year. Uh, Gaurav's in. Oh, actually, just before I get to you, Gaurav, let's check in with Anna in the newsroom. Don't miss it, indeed. That's from Indoor. We'll uh, we'll forecast that with Robert Craddock shortly. Gaurav's with us in Frankston. Gaurav, welcome aboard. Uh, thanks, Jared. Uh, good morning, you and Robert. I just wanted hey, to Gurav. ask why Matt Ranshaw... Uh, he, he plays open, like he plays as an opener, right, for the domestic league. So why shouldn't he be opening in the international as well? Shouldn't, you know, not doing justice to him, right, just setting the three down or four down. And that is going to go to his confidence. Yeah, it, it's a fair question, actually. But he, he actually does both. Uh, Usman Khawaja vacated the opening uh, position for, uh, for a while at, at Queensland to let Renshaw... Uh, opened because he thought that's where the vacancy might have come in the Australian team. So he can do both and he doesn't mind doing both. But uh, it's all about uh, shot selection for him at the moment, isn't it? He played the sweep, I think, five times out of eight balls he faced in the second innings. We're expecting him to drop out of the team with Cameron Greenback. Um, 
they've had... These are days of anxiety for Matt, and I'll tell you why. Because last time they went to England, they decided early in the summer to take him. But he, his form fell away so much, he just missed the boat. And this, this time, they've basically done the same thing. They want Matt Renshaw in England, but he won't feel comfortable until they've named the team. Because, it, ironically enough, if he hadn't gone to India, he was a certainty. So th- these are tough times for him. Renshaw, Bancroft, Harris are the the three who have been most prominent, I'm sure, in the discussions around Warner and that place in the team. All right, so just I'll clear this and then we'll delve deep. So Australia is two nil down. Historically, you, you would say there's a huge risk that two nil becomes four nil. I actually think the changes that are about to happen in the team will leave them better placed to succeed, notwithstanding that the captain is back home. This is an unsettled time for Australia. We'll ask Crash to cast his eye over the third test in Indoor later this week. Next, this is Waitley for Host Plus and Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now. Waitley on SEN. Well, it was good to actually have a, have a couple of days off. Um, Nice little uh, refresher break um, to, to give us the, the energy and the drive to, to push hard for these last two tests. There's still a lot riding on it. One for uh, trying to draw a test series over here in India, which is a, a pretty big thing to, to be able to do as well, uh, but also to secure our spot in the, in the test championship final, um, which would be you know, amazing to be a part of. It's been good, the two training days here. Had the facilities to be able to just keep working on those game plans that we've we've been working on for you know two, three, four weeks now. Um, trying to make sure that yeah we're nice and clear and calm when we when we get out there. And um, you know we're very lucky that we had a lot of net bowlers coming down as well to to facilitate our, our net sessions. So batters have, have got everything they've needed. The the bowlers have been able to bowl all day if they wanted to as well. So um, yeah we're we're definitely ready to go for this next test. Peter Hanscom, the view from inside the Australian camp as they look toward the third test. So, Robert Craddock, if we tap your wisdom and experience, what's the risk for Australia of 4-0 now that the tour has started the way that it has? Uh, Well, it's more uh, extreme critiques. It's the possibility that uh, Sri Lanka would turn over New Zealand for uh, 2-0 and cost Australia a place in the World Championship final, which see, they seemed to $1 to get a month ago. So th- there is so much at stake, Jared. And look, there'll be a, it'll be a new team. Stark will be in there. Uh, Green will be in there. Head will be opening the batting. The, to me, their only big choice in the next couple of days is do you play Boland or do you play Kuhneman, yep. the third spinner or the quick? I, I must say, uh, not being over there, it's hard to call. But I, I can really see the case for Boland. I think just that was a good point Greg Chappell did make, that pace bowling was underrated. Pat Cummins should have bowled himself more. I, I felt because of the stresses of his mum, it, there was something just that didn't look quite right with Pat the whole series. He, it, when he, even when he first came on to bowl in the first test, bowl a series of balls on the pads uh, and that swoosh in the second. So you can totally understand it. But um, India... Uh, you know, they, they've they lost two out of their last 43 tests yeah. at home. That they are, it is a mountain climb. They, they get up in the saddle, they back themselves, and those three exquisite bowlers are just about as good a one, two, three punch as the game's ever seen. Jadeja, Ashwin, uh, and also, who have I forgotten there? Aksar Patel. Uh, uh, Aksar Patel, who, 
not, not only get you with the ball, then they come on and slice and dice you with the bat. Yeah. All three have played major innings. So it is um, it is a mountain climb. You've lived through the evolution of sport, the change of attitudes, and, the, and cricket has been at the forefront of this where there was a time where family couldn't intrude on cricket. There was clearly a time where there was massive tension points around which should prevail, and now we live in a more enlightened age where... A son needs to be with his ailing mother. The fact that he's the test captain is secondary to all of that. Oh, yeah. I really like that, that Pat Cummins has come home. And I think, uh, you know, the world's changed, hasn't it? Mitchell Swepson came home uh, for, for, uh, to become a father two weeks ago for the birth of his first child. But I remember Alan Border uh, was batting, I think, at the SCG, wasn't he? Yeah. And it came up on the scoreboard, congratulations, Alan, you're a dad. Yes. You know, and the crowd went wild and <laughs> AB just kept on batting. Remember that? And, uh, you know, uh, Bill Brown used to say to me, uh, who toured England in 34, 38 and 48, I said, how many phone calls home did you make? And he said, one each tour. And I'd go, One? And he'd say, yeah, you've got to do your duty. You've got to be in touch, you know, like he's a quipster and a funny guy. But that's what it was. <laughs> the Courier Mail, our paper, sent a photographer to Bill's house uh, to see Barbara, to get the moment when Bill rang <laughs> for his one thing. So it has changed and it's changed uh, for the better. But so many things. I'm watching this England, this Indian team, Jared, and I just remember touring there in 2004 and John Wright would tell us stories about how he had to banish... Uh, sedan chairs from training, like how the players would just love relaxing on the sofa yeah. after they had a bowl. And he said he'd go into the gym and players would be sitting up like Lord Muck on the exercise bike in sandals, some of them. And he said, we had to get fit. And this is where I think Coley's the man. He's out of form, Virat. He hasn't scored a century for three years. But he's the guy... Who, who really brought an electric crackle to them. He looked at diets, he looked at fitness, he looked at muscle tone, he looked at Novak Djokovic and ripped his whole schedule apart and followed it. You know, you'd go out on tour and you'd see... I, last time India were here, I saw them all going to a Japanese restaurant the night before a tour. Well, you'd never see that in the old days, you know? The, you know, it's, and so if, if they don't meet a minimum fitness level, Indians, you are not selected. And, and I don't mind that, you know, they're... They're, they're, a, they're quite something. And yet, in uh, where I feel the opportunity missed here is this is it's not the most powerful Indian team. So they have it over Australia. This is the, the fourth series in a row they'll lift the trophy. But Kale Rahul is out of form. Pajara's yep. at the end. Coley's not what he used to be. Um, the kid they brought in at five is just a slogger by, by first yep. impressions in, in Test cricket. They're missing Boomerah, their fastball. So they have the, two of the great spinners of all time um, mm. and certainly the best combination uh, that Australia will confront. Mm. Um, mm. But they, I don't... And, and Rishabh Pant is unavailable. So anyway, I, I feel like in there is a lost opportunity. Let, well, let me... Yep. Yep. Oh, no, you're 100% right. They, this is not one of the great Indian teams, but what I do like about them... A lot of them know how to scrap. and They scrap from coming from humble origins. Rohit Sharma, their captain, his mum and dad could not even afford to feed him. So they sent him to his uncle to be raised. I mean, they all lived in a one-bedroom house, the Sharmas, and they had nothing. Guys like Jadeja, who I love, he's just about my favourite cricketer, he nearly gave the game away at 17 when his mum was killed in a car crash and he said, I just can't face it anymore. But he, 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 he's got that certain... 
thing that nothing in life can test him now. He, he comes in, he loves the big pressure, the big challenge. And I, I think, you know, his dad was a security guard. They, they had next to nothing too. So I, I, there's a certain, we, we think of them as being rock stars and they are, but I tell you what, they came from right at the bottom of the tree, some of these yep. kids, and they've got that fibre, Jared, that you can't manufacture. Just give me your, your snapshot 60 seconds on the build-up to this NRL season crash and, and how much tumult there has been in the dispute between the administration and the players. Oh, yeah. Well, it'll be, all be sorted out, but the, 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 the players are filthy administration for not showing them their books. You know, Peter Volandis has reorganised the finance of the competition, done a great job, but the players say don't make decisions without consulting this, and that's complicated everything. Uh, they'll get there in the end, and, and a lot of the clubs which weren't profitable are profitable now, but, it's gee, it's been a heck of... There's no season launch. That's how close yeah. it came. And uh, just on the Melbourne Storm, they're a fascinating study this year because the Dolphins have plucked three of their best forwards... Ryan Pappenhausen's had to go to America for treatment on his busted kneecap and he's really, I, I so hope he gets back to what he was, but there has to be some doubts, and, but good on him for going over there. So this would be the, one of the greatest tests of Craig Bellamy's career. Uh, I say, every season I say, this will be the year where the storm falters. Yes. And you know what, Jared? Got a bit of news for you? They never do. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday night's the starting point. Crash, I had six other things we could have spoken about. And thanks for your time as ever. Let's see what happens in Indoor and we'll pick up next Monday. Can't wait. I can't wait to talk to you about your experience with Tim Hodges' motorsport team. <laughs> oh, yes. That would be... Was it a highlight of your life? <laughs> it was so much fun. Sprint car racing, hey? Sprint car racing. Well, Who knew? <laughs> Is there any sport you don't cover, Jared? <laughs> <laughs> Warnable to Phoenix to Delhi. Uh, Crash, terrific. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. See you soon. The, Bye. Wis the wisdom and experience of Robert Craddock. Melbourne's weather showers easing a top of 20 for City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs.